Hey there, Vikings. This is Mr. Palo for the latest episode of the Montgomery High School College and Career Podcast. I get to talk to Mr. Barry Sullivan, a longtime school counselor in Santa Rosa City Schools, and we talk about credit recovery and specifically how it relates to NCAA eligibility. Tune in and get some great knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen of the Montgomery High School community, teachers, parents, and staff, welcome to another edition of the Montgomery High School College and Career Cast, College and Career Podcast. And we're I'm here talking today with longtime school counselor in Santa Rosa City Schools, Barry Sullivan. Good morning. Welcome, Barry. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Wonderful. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, credit recovery options and also NCAA eligibility. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Barry, we were briefly before the show, we were talking about the, the, the great things about credit recovery and how it benefits a student to, once they get off track, they can get back on track. Um, what should a student do if a student fails a class, um, like in their freshman year or their sophomore year? What should well, they do? Well, they want to meet with their counselor to set up a plan so that by the time they reach their senior year, they're all caught up with their credits. And, you know, each case is individual. Uh, so they have to decide, you know, well, do you want to go to summer school? Do you want to uh, do cyber high? Do you want to take an online course of some sort? They could also take classes at the JC, although if a student has failed a class at high school, it's kind of difficult to expect them to make up a college class, which would be more difficult. But um, each student has to choose which avenue is best for them, and they should want to make it up as soon as possible. Because your senior year, all you want to have on your plate is passing your classes, uh, especially the second semester of your senior year with prom and all the activities going on. You don't want to have to wait until finals week to find out if you're going to graduate or not. Yeah, that's senior year is, is hectic enough and having to worry about, am I going to graduate or Taking too many credits in cyber high, that, that is not a good idea. Correct. Um, you know, Mr. Barry, uh, what I see a lot of on, on campus here is, and that we're seeing in the counseling department, that a lot of students are failing classes like math or science or English, and they're, they're waiting to, uh, to make them up. So when they're in cyber high, how long does it take an average student probably to complete uh, a credit recovery class? Well, I believe what Cyber High plans on is 75 hours of computer time. So it's not something that you're going to make up in a week. And again, so the earliest you can get in Cyber High and make up whatever class or classes you need to make up and then get that off your plate, you're better off. Again, I realize that sometimes students have sports or music or drama or other outside activities, but that's why you want to make a plan with your counselor 
so that you know, okay, I can't do cyber high this semester, but next year I won't have, or next semester I won't have sports after school, so that's when I'll make it up. Yeah. So Barry, if a, if a student fails a class, should they immediately, or they know they're going to fail a class, should they immediately make an appointment with their counselor to figure out a solution to get into a cyber high class or, or what's the best route to take? Well, I mean, I don't know that it necessarily has to be immediately if they know they're going to fail a class because you can't officially sign up for cyber high, for example, until you have officially failed the class at the end of the semester and the grades don't come out for a couple weeks after that. But yeah, as soon as you can see your counselor, make a plan, make a graduation plan, and make sure your parents are aware of it too so that um, everybody's on the same page and you can get the support from home and from school that you need to make up your, your class or classes. Right, and, and Cyber High, it's also available in summer school. Uh, Cyber High classes are available in summer school as well as in the school year. That is, is that correct. correct, and I don't know where summer school is going to be this year. Maybe you know, but um, yeah, you can take Cyber High classes as regular as, re as well as regularly teacher-led classes if that's your uh, preferred method of learning. Right, so that depends on the student. Like, uh, I... A couple of years ago, I taught cyber high at a, as a summer class in a summer school, and uh, uh, it was very difficult uh, for students who had difficulties with reading because you're just sitting in front of a Correct. screen. So I could definitely see that. Like if you respond better to a human being, it might be better to do a, a, a summer summer school credit. Yeah, and you may be more of a projects, uh, you know, vocal type person, an auditory learner, or uh, a visual or tactile learner, as opposed uh, to just reading things off a computer screen and answering questions. So if you do have difficulty reading, it may be better for you, uh, you know, to take a teacher-led class as opposed to something online, whether that be uh, something like BYU that, it, that you have to pay for or cyber high. Mm -hmm. Right, and Cyber High is that free. Is correct. Uh, so free is always good. <laughs> I like the free yeah, option. No, and I think it's better because um, you're supervised mm -hmm. by a staff member from Montgomery High who can, um, you know, assist you if you need be, whereas a lot of the online courses through uh, either UC or BYU or whoever, you know, it's long-distance communication. You don't get that everyday support. Right, that would that would be the UC Scout, I think, is their credit recovery Correct. program. Uh, the one we advertise here at Montgomery High School uh, Counseling Center is the BYU, okay. and it is it is fairly costly. So, uh, if cost is an issue, highly recommend Cyber yes. High. And then summer school is free too, and nobody likes to give up their summer. But if you don't like to give up your summer, do what you need to do to pass your class now, so you don't have to go to summer school. Right. And uh, at Montgomery High School, the credit recovery teacher, the, the cyber high teacher is Mr. Carl Baglin, who's in room 72 right next to the college and career center. Great. So I'd like to give Mr. Baglin a shout out. So students, if you're listening to this and you fail a class, meet with your counselor and then they're going to send you to Mr. Baglin in room 72 to enroll in cyber high.
Okay. And one thing, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, go ahead. Barry. One thing go I was going to say is if any student out there is thinking of playing intercollegiate athletics, it's important that you make up your classes by your senior year because um, there are NCAA requirements and they dif differ a little depending on if you're going to a Division I school. Division I school in California is like Cal or Stanford or USC or UCLA or San Diego State. Um, so the requir requirements for Division I schools are a little bit different than the requirements for Division II schools. Sonoma State is an example of a Division II school. But for either Division I or Division II, there are 16 core courses that the NCAA requires that you take, and you have to have completed 10 of them by the beginning of your seventh semester, which is the first semester of your senior year. So you don't want to put make out those courses till your senior year because then you would not be eligible to compete in whatever sport you're thinking of uh, participating in in college, you would not be able to participate your freshman year in that sport. Okay, that's good to know. So if you're in ninth grade, 10th grade, or 11th grade and you fail a class, make sure that it's recovered before your senior year. That's good yeah, to know. Uh, Mr. Sullivan, what if a senior fails a class during their senior year and they're an athlete? Uh, is there any kind of uh, wiggle room um, there? Or is well, it... it would depend somewhat on their overall GPA and which class we're talking about and if they have another class to cover it because so there's some wiggle room within which classes you can take to meet these NCAA requirements. You do need three years of math and four years of English Basically, once you meet the SRCS graduation requirements, you're going to meet the NCAA requirements too, as long as your grade point average is at least 2.3 or higher. So um, if, if there's other classes you can substitute for the one you fail, say for example, you fail a foreign language class, but you have an extra science class, the science class could cover the foreign language class um, in certain circumstances. But if you don't have a class to cover for it, then you're going to be what's known as a redshirt freshman, and you're not going to be able to compete in your sport your freshman year. You're going to have to spend that year working on getting your academics up to where they need to be. Wow, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So, And it's and the A to G qualification, the A to G is very critical, making sure that you meet all your A to G requirements. And uh, it's helpful that the, the district has moved the graduation requirements to reflect that A to G. So that does help the athlete. Yeah. And, you know, since you're, if you're considering going directly to a four year college, you're going to have to meet the A through G requirements anyway. So um, there's not a lot extra you'll have to do except pass your classes with the best grade you can. Now, the one thing I do want to say is these requirements also apply to Santa Rosa Junior College. So if you're 
Right, because they do have sports teams at the JC. Correct. Yes. So if you're going to play on a sports team or planning to at San Rosa G uh, Junior College, you still have to meet the A through G requirements. You have to meet all the NCAA requirements to be eligible to play. A lot of times, and I know I used to get tired of hearing this when I was a counselor, students would say, I'm just going to the JC. Well, the JC is a college, so you need to be prepared to do college-level work, and the best way to do that is meet your A through G requirements. Yes, that's, that's a great point, because the, the junior college is a full-service community college. It's college. It's not additional right. high school so it's applicable what's applicable to jc is the same at exactly places. and another important thing about uh, student athletes being ncaa uh be able to clear ncaa be eligible for that is also the scholarship angle because it'd be scholarship money on the line for a student uh and a sport that is correct and you have to have a minimum 2.0 gpa to be eligible for any scholarship at a, a Division I or Division II school. So it, it's very, very important that, um, you know, you maintain your grades or improve a grade in the class if you need to, uh, to meet the graduation requirements. And one thing I should say is you need to register with the NCAA. Um, it's preferred your sophomore year, but you can do it as late as your junior year. That way coaches will know once you register with them that you're considering participating in a collegiate sport of some sort. And so if they're interested in recruiting you or seeing what you've got, they know who they, they need to uh, look after there. And um, All that you just go to the NCAA Eligibility Center you can do a search for that and it'll take you right there. And th that, that's a website and the, the, the students just plug in their uh, transcript information. Well, they have into the a lot of information. There's also information for parents. You actually have to have an official copy of your transcripts sent from the, the school. You can't just send in a copy of transcripts yourself. Got it. So students, what you're going to have to do is go see Miss Pauline Cerna. She's our department in high school. And you'll instruct, you'll tell her that I need to send an official transcript to the NCAA. You'll have to pay her, fill out her form and pay a two or three dollar fee. And she will send an official transcript for you to the NCAA. Well, and the other thing too is when you register at the NCAA Eligibility Center, there is a fee for that. But if you're eligible for fee waivers for like the SAT or ACT, that fee can be waived. Okay. And so that the, the SAT fee waivers, that is a student, if they qualify for free and reduced lunch. Correct. AVID program, there's also a family income ceiling. So you should also see your college and career counselor or your college counselor or your, your high school counselor to get the pamphlet that has the SAT uh, the SAT uh, incomes, income requirements. Yes, and all the information is available right there on the NCAA Eligibility Center webpage. There's actually a page for students and a separate page for parents. Uh, so again, you can work together to make sure that you're eligible to participate in whatever sport you choose. Okay, great. Um, that, that's a great point. And uh, Barry, we were just talking about uh, scholarships. 
uh, a student also should have their FAFSA on file too, because you cannot accept. Exactly correct. Um, you know, the FAFSA is very, very important. And a lot of times, you know, we hear students say, oh, my parents make too much money. And, you know, I mean, good for them if they're making a lot of money. But the FAFSA is determined uh, to, to eligibility for a lot of things other than just, um, uh, you know, financial aid to schools. A lot of scholarships will ask what your expected family contribution is from your FAFSA and everything before they award scholarships. And there's some scholarships that if you uh, make too much money to get financial aid, since you're not getting FAFSA money, it bumps you up on eligibility for certain scholarships as well. Right, and, and, and you cannot accept any scholarship money at all, whether it's academic or athletics, without filing your FAFSA or California DREAM Act. So that's an excellent, excellent Great. Point. And again, you know, the JC requires that you fill out a FAFSA just to go to the JC. So it's important that you fill out your FAFSA. Correct. Yes. Student athletes going to Santa Rosa Junior College, you want to have that 2.0 grade point average as well and have your FAFSA done by March 2nd because you get SRJC free for two years and the Doyle scholarship for two yeah. years. So it's great program. So that's, yeah, it's, it's hard to, hard to turn that money down. Free money is the best. Exactly. Money. Okay. Well, the, great. Uh, Mr. Sullivan, do you want to add anything more to the NCAA? No, uh, I just want to let you know that I'm going to leave this NCAA information here in the college and career center for anybody who wants to come use it, and there is a guide as to what you should do your freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and senior year uh, to make sure that you're NCAA eligible. But uh, more importantly, uh, just make sure that you're on track to graduate. I'm sure you can do that through um, the student record system, see what credits you have. And if you're unsure about any of this, see your school counselor and go over your credits and what exactly you need to do. It's best to have a plan so that you can achieve whatever your goal is. Thank you once again for tuning into the episode of the Montgomery High School College and Career Podcast. If these podcasts provide value to you, please subscribe to this podcast on a regular basis. Also, you can also leave comments if you have any questions for me or you want to follow me on social media platforms that I'm active on, please look in the show notes and uh, please contact me. Also, if you have any future episode ideas, please contact me with that information as well. Thank you and have a good day.